going to read the, uh, the, the 37th chapter, and I'm going to read verses um, 1 through 14. Um, it has some significance um, that I think that we need to hear, and I, and I want to be obedient and share it with you guys. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into it. The title um, here in my Bible, it states, um, The Valley of the Dry Bones. The Valley of the Dry Bones. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. The title of the message on today is More Than Meets the Eye. More Than Meets the Eye. I don't know if you guys are uh, familiar with um, the Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye. Anybody familiar with that? That was something that I watched um, growing up, and it was just something about that saying um, that just really resonated with me um, and just resonated with my life and a lot of the things that I had been dealing with. And then I was reading Ezekiel, and this chapter just really hit home. So I hope I... Um, gather all of my thoughts and, and share with you guys what it is that the Lord has. Um, when, when I think about more than meets the eye, I realize that it's all about perception. It's all about how you see things, right? Everything is how you see it, right? So one of the things that I'll say is don't allow someone else's perception to become your reality, right? Because that happens so much to where what someone else sees you make it become something that's a part of you. That doesn't have to be. You don't have to have what it is that they see become your reality. You have the opportunity to see 
the way God intended you to see. Don't allow what others say about you be what you believe or what you see. Don't allow what others say about you be what you believe or what you see. A lot of times we look for affirmation and a lot of times we um, like to hear what someone has to say about us. And so because they think that this one particular way about us, then this is what it is that we believe. And we get caught or we get stuck believing what it is that somebody else said versus the word of the Lord. Right? We have to see it for ourselves. We have to have, you have to have your own perspective on how you see. Um, don't be so blind to your own vision. Don't allow where others say you should be in life become your perspective. We can get so caught up in the fact that, oh man, you know what? You know, I just thought by now you would have been here, you would have been doing this, you would have been doing that. But God has his own timing, right? But if you look at it through somebody else's eyes, you can get caught up and you can get stagnant in doing what God called you to do because you're listening to what somebody else told you or where they believe that you should be. I, um, I don't know if anybody in this room, I'm pretty sure you have, um, have ever had parents that wanted to just shut down your fun, right? <laughs> anybody in the room have parents that just wanted to shut down your fun? You had um, parents that told you that you could not go out to that party that night, right? They told you that you had to be in the porch when the streetlights came on. How many people can relate to the porch when the streetlights came on? Absolutely. They told you that your curfew was at 10 o'clock when the place that you were going opened at 10 o'clock. How many of y'all still snuck out, though? Yeah. Then when they told you that you could not spend the night over your best friend's house or your cousin's house because they didn't want you to wear out your welcome. She know who I'm looking at. I couldn't understand that for the love of me. Um, times when they said that this is the one that really blew me, that they, she said that I couldn't have butter pecan Briar's ice cream because of the fact that I wouldn't know how to appreciate it at a young age. I still to this day don't understand why I can't have the butter pecan ice cream. Now for some of us in here, you know, now we have kids or we have nieces and nephews or we have children that we're responsible for, right? But then you don't realize that you now sound a lot like the parents who used to tell you not to do certain things, right? And you think to yourself, you may have even shared it with somebody, or you may have even just said it with yourself. You might have shared it with somebody that you trust. Like I tell my wife, babe, I sound just like my mother. And I'm just like, yeah, I, sh I told you that in confidence. Don't share that with nobody else. Or I sound just like my father. You may not realize, um, but you really now all of a sudden share the same sentiments as your parents, right? Reason being is your perspective has changed. Your perspective has changed. When we were young, we saw you telling us no, but to us, it was like devastation. We thought that life was over as we knew it. My mindset as a kid was that the situation was dead. I definitely could remember feeling like that there was no coming back after a hard no, right? But that's the point right here. This is where more than meets the eye where we saw the circumstance to be detrimental, they saw protection. 
1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put those childish things behind me. Right? It's all about perspectives. Our parents' perspectives on the way, our parents' perspectives on why they wouldn't let us do certain things based on experience that we didn't have yet. Our parents' perspectives on why they wouldn't let us do certain things was based on experiences that we didn't quite have yet. Our parents saw our future based on what they'd been through and didn't want us going down the same path, right? Some of us um, were hard-headed and had to learn the hard way, right? That's because we only saw what was directly in front of us and not what was ahead, right? A lot of times we only see what's directly in front of us and not what was ahead. Jamal, can I have you come up for a second? I'm going to show you guys something. Now this is a sign. Don't y'all judge me. I got this sign because of the fact that it was big enough to where I knew that it was going to help with the illustration. But I took this sign from my school when I was in college. So don't y'all judge me. My tuition paid for this sign. My tuition definitely paid for this sign. Right? So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. I just put that out there like Pastor Key says in TV land. When your circumstances are directly in front of you, you can't see anything, right? So I'm going to show you guys what the sign says, and then I'm going to show Jamal. You guys see what this says? Hey, don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. There's a backstory. There's a backstory. So I pledged, and my number was eight, and so it said gate eight, and so that's why I took the sign. All right. So you guys see what this says, right? All right. So this is circumstance. Jamal, tell me what this sign says. No, 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 don't back up. Just right here. Oh, uh, I can't see what it says. Exactly, because when the circumstances are directly in front of you, you can only see the circumstance, right? Now, let's say, now watch this. Now, watch when, when we take a step back. Jamal, what does this sign say? Exactly. The only reason that Jamal was able to see the sign now because he backed up and he took a step back. And when you take a step back, you allow God to flow and you allow God to move in the midst of it so he can readjust your focus. When things are directly in front of you, you can't see. But when you take the proper steps back, it gives you an opportunity to realign yourself, readjust yourself, and refocus. But then it also gives room for God to move. Before, God couldn't move in the space to where you were only looking at your circumstances right here because of the fact that you were so close up on your circumstances, that's all you saw. You didn't even see God in the midst of your circumstance because all you were focused on was your circumstance. But then when you take a step back, God had room to move. God had an opportunity to do what he does. He had an opportunity for you to see your circumstance in a different light, right? So that sign, Jamal probably only saw maybe the color on the sign, right? And that was so minuscule to what the sign actually said, right? So when you back up, you can see the totality of the whole sign, right? And so because of that, God wants you to take a step back so he can show you the to totality of what it is that he's doing in your life. There's more than meets the eye. There's more than meets the eye. 
like I said, when you allow God to come in, you, you, you get an opportunity to step back and, and God steps in. When God steps in, it gives you a chance to regroup and to refocus. When you regroup and you refocus, you allow God to show you the bigger picture. You can now see the big plan that God has for you. Right? So if we go back into um, Ezekiel 37, there are um, some of us in here um, who's in the midst of a valley situation right now. Right? If we're honest, we'll raise our hands and I'm definitely in a valley situation. And if you're honest, everybody's in a valley situation, right? But when you think about the valley, what do you think about? You don't necessarily think about the best things or you don't think about anything um, great, right? But one of the things that I realized um, the valley does, the valley hides things. Right? Because in a valley, that means that there are mountains, that there are hills, and there are things that are surrounded that's hiding what God has protected, right? Because there's more than meets the eye, right? And so um, there are people, like I said, in this, in this situation where things look bleak, things look rocky, things may look uncertain, things may not even seem like enough, things may seem sickening, things may even feel like an attack, things may be painful. Things may be hurtful. And I suggest to you that there is more than meets the eye. So if we look back here at Ezekiel 37, if you look at verse 1, this, is, this blew me away. And I, I never noticed it before until I read it again. Right? It says, like I said, the title here in, I'm reading the NIV version, it says the valley of dry bones. Right? The very first verse, the very, it's not even... It's, a, um, it's somewhat of a sentence because it, there's a comma here, but it says, the hand of the Lord was on me. For me, that was enough, right? If the hand of the Lord is on you, what else do you need, right? And so if, the, if he was in the valley, but the hand of the Lord was on him, what was he afraid of, right? This is the part of the scripture um, here before even, it, it, it just, it just, it just stuck with me, right? But then it, it, it just reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures, Joshua 1 and 9. I have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I feel like that we miss that whole part of God's hand being on us, and we only see he set me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of dry bones. I feel like that's the only part that we really, I don't, I don't know for whatever reason, I feel like that's the part that we just like to sit in. We just like to, we just like to stay there. We like, we like I don't know if we, if we like the attention or it's like to tell people I'm in a valley situation and, and I'm, I'm going to just sit right here. I, I don't know uh, what it is, but um, he set me in the middle of the dry bones, right? And he set me in a valley, right? And so... When I looked up the definition of the word valley, it says an elongate depression of the earth's surface, usually between ranges of hill or mountains, an area drained by a river and its tributaries, a low point or a low condition, right? So the crazy thing is, is we get so caught up in where we are and forget who's with us right I'm gonna re 
I'm going to say that again. When we get so caught up in where we are and we forget who's with us. The first verse says, the hand of the Lord was on me. What are we talking about? Right? And so not only do we get so caught up in where we are and we forget who's with us, right? Psalms 23 and 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How come when we're in the valley, we're fearful and we're afraid and we don't understand how we're going to make it or we don't see a way out? Could I suggest to you that there's more than meets the eye? Right? Because we don't see him physically, then we only see the valley that we're in, right? And I, I, I think to myself, seeing is not necessarily believing, but believing is seeing the unseen. Seeing is not believing. It's easy for me to show you something and for you to believe it, right? But being able to see the unseen is believing. How many of us in here have seen God? nobody right it says if you see him you will die correct that that's that's just what it is like we, we can't lay our eyes on him right and so that's one of the things that we have to remember right but can I suggest to you about this too can I suggest that if he made the valley that he knows the way out better than us if he made the valley can I suggest to us that he knows the way out better than we do we try to navigate, and like I said, when your circumstances are directly in front of you, you can't go but so far because you're so entangled in what it is that you're dealing with that you're going nowhere, right? But when you take a step back, you allow God to lead you. You allow God to show you where to go. You allow God to show you what to do. You allow God to direct your path, right? In order to see more than meets the eye, um, reading uh, Ezekiel 37, I, I, I thought about a couple of things. Um, and so one of the things, if we look here in verse 2, it says, He led me back and forth among them, talking about the bones, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. One of the things that we have to do more in order to see more than meets the eye we have to go back we have to go back you guys are probably wondering what does go back mean in order to know where you're going you have to know where you've come from right because then you'll be just going around in circles you have no point of reference of where you came from so you could be revisiting those same places but because you didn't know where you've come from then you've been in the same place over and over again. How many times have we been through and done the same things over and over again? I know I have. You have to look over your life and look at where you come from and what God has already brought you through. In order to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been. Those bones, as he's walking back and, back and forth, are a representation of what was. Those bones, as you're walking back and forth through your circumstances in your life, are a representation of what was. So the first thing that you have to do to see more than meets the eye is, you have to go back. You have to go back. 
in order to see more than meets the eye, if we look here in verse number four, it says, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse five says, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make flesh come upon you and you will come to life. Right? And so the next thing that you have to do to see more than meets the eye, you have to prophesy. I know that may sound spooky or it may sound, you know, a little, ah, that's too much. I just started when this walk. No, listen to what I'm telling you. Prophesying is pretty much speaking something that is not as though it was. But you're using God's word to do that. And so whatever your situation is, there's scripture here to tell you exactly to meet your situational needs. Right? And so we're going to speak those things that are not as though that they were. You have to prophesy to your situation. Whatever those dry bones are, whatever that thing is that you want resurrected, you have to speak to that thing. You have to speak life to it. And it says here, it says that I will speak the word. The word is the word of God. We have to start speaking scripture to our situations if we want to see it resurrected. In order to turn your situation around, you have to use your words. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And every time that you hear something, it's scientifically proven that the more you hear something, the more prone you are to actually believe in it. So you speaking to those bones, those bones are, 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 are soaking up all of the words that you're saying. And those bones are going to start to do what it is that you've been commanding them to do over all of the years. But if you don't speak to those bones, those bones are going to lie dormant and they're just going to stay and they're going to stay stagnant and they will not resurrect. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The words you speak should be positive. How many of us in here use negative talk? I was talking negative before I even came up here. Uh, I'm not ready. Uh, Lord, what are you going to have for me to say? Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. Lord, oh, they don't want to hear nothing that I got to say. Lord, you don't really want to use me. That, that was me. I'm being honest. I'm being transparent right now. I'm just telling you how I think, right? But then I realized that I had to start speaking positive. I told my wife last night, I was like, babe, I, I just got to start confessing that thing that I actually want to see, right? I was telling somebody not too long ago, I think I may have even shared it here to where um, there was a book I was reading. It was called God's Creative Power, right? And within that book, it said, if God came back today, right, and he walked through those doors, right, and he walked down your aisle, and he said, hey, every word that you speak from here on out will come to pass, how many of you would change your words? Right, but the crazy thing is, this is, a, this is, this is the twister, right? He's already told you that. He's already told you that. But we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't cater to what he's already told us. We do what we want to do. God has already told us to change our words and to speak life and not death. Right? So we have to change our words. We have to speak positive. When you prophesy, you have to have faith. Right? To have faith that what you're speaking will come to pass. I know it's not easy, but because you have to have faith, right? We have to continue to push past what it is that we don't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? That's more than meets the eye. Faith is more than meets the eye. You're believing for something that you don't see. We have to speak to your situation about God and who he is and all that he's about to do. 
I'm going to say that again. You have to speak to your situation. Right? We can go to God and tell God about all our problems, but God already knows our problem. Right? So whatever that situation or whatever that circumstance is, I need you to start speaking to that thing about who God is, about what his word says, that I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. We have to speak those things to our situation versus talk, talking to God about what's happening. God don't really want to hear that. I mean, he already knows what's happening. He's waiting for you to do something about it. We can sit here and we can have a, a, a session where I'm just sitting on my back looking up, God, yeah, woe is me, man. I, I just don't know when it's going to happen. But instead of that, I could get up and I can just start declaring the word of the Lord. Watch those things dead in your life become resurrected when you do that. Another thing, um, this is 2A um, to what it is that I'm speaking of. In order to see more than meets the eye, um, if you look here in verse 6, it says, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and I will come to life. Then you will know what I am, says the Lord. Right? And so 2A to that would be be specific. Be specific. Right? How many of us um, have complicated orders when we go out to eat? Right? I'm just being honest. I'd be like, hey, can you, um, can you hold the pickles, um, add extra mayonnaise, um, you know, no bun, um, little lettuce. You know, I, I'm sorry, you hungry, my bad, bro. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so we all have complicated orders, right? But the, but the thing about when you're specific, right? When you are detailed and they get it right, then you know you said it correct and the chef delivered. Right? In the same way, when you're talking to God and you speak with details and he brings it back to you and he shows you what it is that you ordered, then you know it was only God who did what it is that you asked him to do. When you are specific in detail, you will know exactly where it came from. Everybody can do a generic prayer. Everybody can do a generic prophesy. Everybody can just do something generic. But when it's specific and catered and tailored to you, nobody else can say that it was them. You know for without a shadow of a doubt that it was God. But just be as detailed when, you know, for some of you ladies, when you're writing down your husband wish list, or for you guys, your wives wish list, be that detailed when you're talking to God. Don't hold back in what you expect to see God do based on what he said. Don't hold back on what you expect God to do because he'll, he'll do what it is that he said that he would do. He's not going to hold back, so don't you hold back. You will never question how something happened if you only told God and he'll make it happen. You'll never question where something came from. Another way in order to see more than the eye is number three is you have to work until completion. You have to work until completion. Verse 7 says here, it says, So I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, 
and the bones came together bone to bone I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them it says I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them there the then he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign Lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army right we have to make sure that we finish the job God has for us we have to make sure that we finish the job God has for us right sometimes we wonder why we aren't out of our situation is because we didn't follow all of the steps right how many times that we we don't necessarily do everything that he told us to do and then we wonder why we haven't got to the next level how come we didn't get to where we thought that we were supposed to be follow the directions to the T right so um, we have a two-year-old and so just the other day we were um, we have uh, she had a crib and so now we have extended it to where she has a bed now and so we put the screws in and some there was one screw that was missing and I thought to myself I said well she said well take 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 another screw out of something else I said to myself I said if we take the screw out of something else I mean this whole thing may just come apart right and so then she looked back into the box and then she realized that there were some more screws and so we took the screws that were that we used and put the screws that were that were placed in that meant to fit for that particular thing in where it was supposed to go and then the crib was whole but the crazy thing is if you don't do something to completion that can cause serious harm someone can get hurt and that someone is you and then not only is it you but if you don't necessarily do what it is that God told you to do then you could be possibly hindering others somebody else's destiny could be attached to your obedience somebody else's destiny could be attached to you finishing a job to completion so we want to make sure that we're doing what it is that God told us to do I um when I when I think about when I think about this this is um this is something that really just it stood out to me so um here in in this uh in this passage it made me think about some type of um ingredients right so I mean God is just doing like so many amazing things and so we have so many different ingredients in our lives right we have um Marcus, can you put those? So you have, what is that? Okay. Marcus, go to the next one. What is that? All right. Are, are you guys eating butter by itself? Who's eating butter? Who? Anybody eating butter? Just taking a chunk out of the butter. Anybody? Nobody's taking a chunk out of butter. Okay. Go to the next one, Marcus. All right. What's that? All right, who's eating sugar? Nobody. Nobody wants diabetes, right? Exactly. So, go to the next one, Mark. What's that? Who's eating flour? Nobody. Not by itself. You, you sure nobody wants to eat flour? Okay. What's that? 
Anybody eating salt? Nobody eating salt. Y'all sure y'all don't want to eat the salt? All right. So what I realized is those ingredients by themselves are horrible, right? Because there's more than meets the eye. God did something to make a glory cake. That's what I called it, a glory cake. So the pain, so the disappointment, the frustration, the weariness, and the hurt, all put together makes for an amazing cake. God is doing something in your life to where he wants to put all of those things together to make an amazing cake. Romans 8.28 says, For we know that all things work together for the good. Right? So just like those dry bones came together to make a body, God wants to take the ingredients of your life and make them into a perfect recipe. Right? So I'm going to almost get out of your way. And one of the things I want you guys to remember is this. If you don't remember anything else, if what you see is all you see, then you have yet to see all there is to be seen. If what you see is all you see, then you have yet to see all there is to be seen. You know why? Because there's more than meets the eye. Thank you.